Welcome to the Mrs. Rev Podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get your Bible and get ready to take some notes as we jump into another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. Hey, and welcome to the Mrs. Rev Podcast. I am so glad that you are joining us today. If you are listening, go ahead and like, subscribe, leave a rating on this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome as well. We're so glad to have you joining us today. Today, I'm going to start a three-part series called Pray, Fast, Give, Three Keys to Supernatural Breakthrough in Your Life. And um, I want to address it from a real practical side. I'm going to be using some of my testimony. Uh, so I want you to tune in for that. There'll also be an accompanying bonus session to today's episode. I'm going to do a bonus session uh, talking about praying in the spirit. So there's, it's not enough time to get into it in today's episode, but I am going to uh, launch a bonus session for that as well. So go ahead and grab your notebook, grab your Bible and a pen, and we are going to get started. Before we open up today, I just want to remind you of a couple things going on uh, with L Ministries, we of course have our Mrs. Rev podcast. Make sure you tune into that weekly. We also have just launched JoeyMiller.co, so that's a website where you can come and you can find out all sorts of things from L Ministries to Mrs. Rev. Uh, I throw up some of my favorites that I love anywhere from fashion to beauty to home to family. So check out JoeyMiller.co if you haven't already. Subscribe to that website as well. All right, this Friday night, Chick Church, 7 p.m., Champion Christian Center, Washington. We have guest evangelist Adolis Shuttlesworth bringing the word, so make sure you come out to that. Bring some friends. And then mark on your calendar, November 8th. Registration is actually open for our fall women's event here at Champion. L Ministries is hosting Devonair Night. Devonair means becoming in French with a special guest, Hosanna Wong. So make plans to come and be a part of that event. Registration's open, open at championcenter.com. Net, as well as you can register at joeymiller.co. So make sure that you're a part of those uh, upcoming events here at Champion. We would love to have you. Well, I'm so excited to get into God's Word with you all today on this three-part series called Pray, Fast, Give out of Matthew 6, where Jesus instructs us of things that we should do in our Christian life. And we're heading into this 21 days of prayer and fasting with Champion Christian Center, uh, a corporate fast that we do twice a year. And so I wanted to focus on these three areas because these are three keys to for you to experience breakthrough in your life. I know we throw that term all around a lot in the church world, breakthrough through. But I'm talking about if you've if you've had something that's uh, that you've come up against in your Christian walk that you just can't seem to overcome or you just can't seem uh, to get over or get free from or find the answer to or or to to see some sort of change. And when you implement these three things together, there's power. But I want to focus on breaking down each one of them individually. So I want to start with prayer because I was raised Catholic. I was raised raised in a Catholic religion and we weren't really taught to pray uh, on our own. We were taught formalities. We were taught, of course, the Lord's Prayer. We were taught um, different prayers that we could recite. But but coming into my relationship with the Lord, I really didn't know much about how to pray. And to think that I would pray out loud would just be like beyond my comprehension. I was scared to death to pray out loud. So, um, but really growing in my walk with God, learning what prayer is. And it's important to have a biblical foundation for prayer. Yes, God hears you when you speak to him. But but there's principles in God's word that set you up that you can know that your prayers are being heard and answered. See, if the enemy can't get you to, to not pray, he'll get you to think that your prayers have zero effect. That they're just hitting the ceiling. Does God really hear my 
my prayers? Is he going to answer them and keep you in a place of doubt and unbelief? But you can move forward knowing that God has heard my prayer. And and I'm going to move forward in faith knowing that he is faithful to answer it. So we're going to open up God's word and get into God's word today and talk about the subject of prayer. There's actually going to be a bonus episode. I spoke about it in the introduction on praying in the spirit. So if you want to hear more about that, you can look for our bonus episode that we'll be launching this week as accompaniment to this podcast. So I'm going to jump in today. I want to talk about a few things before we get into the practicalities of breaking down prayer uh, that that is really the attitude that you go to God through prayer in. And I want to break them down because I didn't know this. I didn't always know these things. And it, it matters. It matters in which which uh, perspective or which attitude you approach God. So I want to break down some myths that you might think uh, that that involve prayer. Number one, prayer is not God being moved by your emotion. And, you know, as, as women, I feel like this is an important principle to understand because, you know, God has made us uh, with our emotions. Our emotions are not of the devil unless we let them be. When we're redeemed and we get our emotions under control, they could be a beautiful thing. But let me tell you this. God is not moved by emotion. It, he's not moved by you crying. Uh, he's not moved by your fear. He cares about you. The Bible talks about he keeps every tear that you cry. He keeps account of that, that he cares for you. He's, he's there to, to, to comfort you. He's a comforter. But when it comes to prayer, uh, he's not moved by emotion. So when you're praying from a place of emotion, oftentimes, you know, it could be based out of a, a fear. It could be based out of a fear that things aren't going to turn around, uh, fear that you're going to experience some sort of loss. And that's not a position of your heart praying in faith. You know, I think about a couple Bible stories that come to mind. Uh, one is in Matthew 9, where there's a little girl who had died. And Jesus actually comes on the scene, and there's actually a funeral music playing, and everyone's gathered around her. And he tells everyone, like, get out. Get out now. This girl is not dead. She is just sleeping. You know, basically, he's like, stop mourning. Stop crying. This isn't the end of the situation. And then the second story that comes to mind is when the, the women were, were at the grave mourning the death of Jesus. And, and, and all of a sudden, Jesus appears risen from the dead. And he says to them, you know, why are you crying? Why are you mourning? And, and so understanding that, that when we're crying, sometimes it's from a place of we feel like it's over. We feel like at a loss. We feel like God's not going to work. Meanwhile, God wants us to move in faith. He wants us to be, have an expression of faith when we pray, not letting our emotions dictate us, not praying from a place of fear or defeat, but praying from a place of faith. You know, this hit me uh, really hard uh, close to home. Last summer, my dad was in the hospital and he was not doing well. And I was in the in the room by myself with my dad and I was getting all the reports. And my dad is so sweet. And of course, when he hears the reports, he pulls me close and he starts to tell me how much he loves me and almost giving like a, a dissertation of this could possibly be one of the last times that I see you, like a just in case kind of speech. And I was there by myself trying to be courageous, trying to, to, to be strong, you know, a woman of faith. And I could just feel the emotion rising from within me. And, and it was like coming up my throat and I felt like I was going to lose it. And I was like, just hold it together until you get to the car. Once you get to the car, then you can let it all out and you can cry and have a meltdown. 
So I remember I uh, prayed with him. I kissed him goodbye and, and I left and I got to my car. And as soon as I got to my car and I was just about ready to let it all out, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, why are you crying? And that's what reminded me of those verses. Why are you crying? You're crying and acting like it's over. You're aligning your faith and your emotion as if, you know, the, the worst case scenario. That's not a position of faith. So instead of crying, I turned on some praise music and I praised all the way home until I I got a good report of a turnaround in his health. And, you know, so I say that to tell you, it's something we all have to to take authority over and say, I'm not going to I'm not going to pray from a place of loss. I'm not going to pray from a place of fear. I'm only going to position my heart to pray from a place of of faith that it's not over until he says it's over and so i'm not going to let my emotions dictate this situation i'm not going to let false uh, evidence appearing real which is fear i'm not going to let uh i'm not going to let vain imaginations dictate the way i pray and, and make me feel like you know i'm praying from a place of anxiety and oh no is this going to happen and 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 praying from that place i'm going to position my heart i'm going to anchor it the Bible talks about that in the book of Hebrews. The hope that we have in Jesus is an anchor for our soul. Our soul is where our emotions live within us. And so it's an anchor for me. So anchoring into him and who he is and what he says about the situation is all that I need to anchor into to keep my emotions in check and pray from a place of faith. Don't get me wrong. The Lord knows. He knows how you're feeling. He knows he keeps track of that. But let me tell you this. When you decide to override your emotions and pray out of faith, that speaks volumes because you're saying, I trust in the Lord. I trust in you. I know that that you are true. I'm putting all of my eggs in your basket, Lord. I'm not bowing down to my, my emotions, but I know you're going to uh, be faithful and bring this out good on the other end. So he does. he's not moved by our emotions. In Mark 5.36, it says, uh, overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid just believe don't be afraid just believe so as we uh, end on uh, this this point number one god not being moved by your emotions take that to heart today remember that verse jesus said don't be afraid just believe that's your responsibility is to stay in faith your fear your worry your anxiety isn't going to change the situation faith changes the situation point number two is this prayer is not god being moved by need Prayer is not God being moved by need. What do I mean by that? I mean, God is not moved by need in and of itself. If he were, there would be lots of prayers answered throughout the earth, whether it be sickness, whether it be uh, poverty, whatever that thing is. You know, the curse through the curse and the fall of man, all of these things entered into the world. And Jesus Christ came to die to redeem man from the curse. But but he's not. But God's not moved by just need in and of itself. God is moved, moved by faith. If you take a look in the Bible at Luke 8, 43 through 48, it's the woman with the issue of blood. And this woman had a need. She had been bleeding for a long time. She had no hope in the doctors anymore. And she really shouldn't have even been out in a crowd because she was bleeding and it was unclean and it was just uh, disgrace and humiliation. And so it says that Jesus was surrounded by a crowd of people. Actually, the scripture says, um, you know, in the verses of verses 46 and 47, that the disciples were like, Jesus, you know, there's a crowd pressing in around you. What do you mean that uh, someone had touched the hem of your garment? Because this woman was so desperate to see a change in her situation that she reached out and she touched Jesus as he was going by. And he felt the virtue leave him. He felt the power of God uh, being dispelled from 
from him and and he realized that someone had touched him and his disciples were like what do you mean that somebody touched you there's crowds pressing in all around you and so if God were moved by need, all of those people would have been healed. But Jesus, Jesus felt that her faith had put a pull on his virtue. Her faith had put a pull on his power. He turned to her in verse 48 and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. He didn't say your need has made you well. He didn't say, I see that you're bleeding. So let me fix that. He said, it is your faith. It is your faith that has made you well. All those people around him pressing in on the crowd, but he felt her faith. He felt the virtue leave from him when she touched the hem of his garment. God is not moved by need. And it's important that you understand that. Because if not, you can kind of have an apathetic approach to prayer. Like, oh, God, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. God's a loving God, so he's going to He's gonna be moved by need, and my prayers don't really matter. And, and so it makes you kind of back off and say, you know what? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If God's loving and merciful, then he'll take care of it. God's not moved by need. So that means he needs you standing in the gap of faith to intercede and, and stand in faith to see that thing come to pass. As, as is in heaven, will be on earth and that's you standing in faith praying not just by need but through faith to see God move point number three is this God is we talked about what God is not uh, moved by through prayer but God is moved by faith which we've been talking about and faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God so it comes from not only you uh, reading the word but letting it getting down inside of you and really believing what God's word says it builds faith in you every time that you're in a service every time you hear a podcast every time you open up your Bible you're renewing your mind and it's getting down inside of you and it's it's building your faith it's building uh, what you believe is possible you know uh, Bishop David Oyedepo in Africa, a great man of God, he says that faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is the currency of heaven. It's what moves God. It's what moves God. And, you know, we, we see all throughout the Bible how faith has changed things. And faith in, in Romans 4.21, it says, by faith, uh, uh, through through faith, Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. It was Abraham believing God that he that he was fully convinced. It said against all natural hope, against all natural circumstances looking like it was going to happen by faith. He believed he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen. And if you go on to read in that, in that uh, Bible chapter there of Hebrews 11, it goes on to say, All of the great men and women of God that did things by faith, they obtained by faith. And so when you understand that, your perspective changes and you say, well, instead of just thinking and worrying and, and being fearful or instead of being apathetic and saying, well, my prayers don't really matter. If God's going to do it, he's going to do it. You step up and say, no, by faith, I'm going to see things changed in my community, in my world, in my personal life, in my children's lives. And so you start to operate at a new level in, of confidence in your prayer life. You're like, wow, it's by faith that I'm going to obtain the promises of God. So renew your mind. Get in the word of God. 
read the scriptures. Uh, just let let the scriptures just uh, be saturated deep within you until you believe them. And I love that Romans four. Before we move on, I just want to uh, just reiterate that you know Abraham was in a place that in the natural it didn't look like it was going to happen. And your faith will override even natural circumstances, even natural reports. Remember, you don't take facts; you take truth. So there might be a lot of facts speaking to you. There might be uh, a, a bill collector speaking to you. There might be a doctor's report speaking to you. There might be divorce papers served to you. But you choose to believe God's word over any fact or natural circumstance that is trying to present itself more real than what God's word says can be yours through Jesus Christ. So we're going to get into some uh, some principles of prayer. So if you were like me and you maybe you're, you're wondering, are my prayers being answered? How do I pray? We're going to break it down really simple to you for you today. So I have five points that we're going to cover in the area of prayer. Number one is worship and praise. Number two is requests and faith. Number three is thanksgiving. Number four is praise again. And number five is listen and write. So we're going to break it down really easily here. You know, uh, I love in Matthew 6, Jesus is actually teaching his disciples principles of how to pray. He says, uh, go into your room, close the door in verse five, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I want to just admonish you before we even get into point number one, have a time and a place that you pray. You know, yes, we can pray all day. God hears us. I pray all day in the shower, in the car, whatever I'm thinking, you know, if if I'm praying or praising. But let me tell you, that comes out of just having a a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you have access to being able to speak to him all day long. You're in communion with him. Uh, The book of John talks about that. You know, he is the vine, I am the branches. We're in communion with him. But, But let me tell you, there's power when you set aside and designate time that is specific for your prayer, uh, prayer time to the Lord and your Bible reading. So it says, go into your room and close the door. Have a place and a time set apart. If you're a young mom watching today, I know you could feel overwhelmed with this. But let me tell you, even if it's five minutes, get in the corner. Uh, maybe it's while you're holding your baby. Just pray. Uh, just get your Bible out and read it. You have time that you can actually set aside, even if it's five or ten minutes. That's precious to the Lord. He sees uh, your schedule. He sees you're taking care of, of the young, you know, young children right now. And so just be faithful to make that effort and he will meet you where you're at. But make that time set it aside there is a time and a place that I am in prayer that my kids know my husband knows if they would get up at that time in the morning and they would come downstairs where they would find me and what I would be doing and I like to guard that time I get cranky if anyone interrupts it to be quite honest with you I'm like go back to bed go back to bed um but but it's precious to me so and then in verse 7 it says don't keep babbling like pagans do for they think that they will be heard because of their many words do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you even ask him so he's saying don't just keep babbling in prayer that there's actually a way that you can pray not just because you have many words and some people are like wow you know i prayed for three hours today you can be effective and that's great but you can be effective in your prayer uh, and, and you can know that your prayers are answered as we break down how he teaches us to pray and that doesn't mean that you have to pray for three hours you can pray with power knowing that god hears you so he goes on in verse nine and he says this is how you should pray and he goes into the our father prayer and so i want to break that down for you today and uh, point number one is this worship and praise worship and praise you know the bible talks about 
praise. And Bishop Oyedepo again says that praise is the quickest access to the throne room of God. I think he actually says the cheapest access, meaning it's it's something that you could do immediately to get into the presence of God. It's all throughout the Bible, the power of praise and worship. Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in his courts with praise. Revelation 4, 8 through 11 says, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power. It was these living creatures going around the throne room of, of, of God. And every time they caught a glimpse of him, glimpse of him, they started to praise. It was their natural response. It wasn't because God's narcissistic or egotistical and he needs uh, to hear how wonderful and powerful he is. At a glimpse of him, that was their response to praise him. So whenever you are, in, are in, in your room with your door shut or in your living room or at your kitchen table or holding that baby in a chair, just start to praise the Lord. Just start to worship him. Sing of his glory. Just start to declare, you are good, Lord. You are majestic. You are powerful. You are faithful. And as you start to release that praise, what happens is his presence comes down. It's like a magnet uh, to attract his presence. And you're entering his gates with praise and thanksgiving, knowing that his presence is there. And so you start from that place. Not only does it uh, bring the presence of God into your atmosphere, but it changes your mindset. All of a sudden, as you're approaching a time of prayer, those things that seem so impossible to you, when you start to declare his goodness, when you start to declare his majesty and his faithfulness, all of a sudden, those those prayer requests don't seem so hard for God to accomplish. So it builds your faith, too, as you're declaring from your mouth who he is, as you're praising him, as you're worshiping him. That's a great way to start your prayer uh, to the Lord. Point number two is make your request in faith. Now, this is a game changer. This is a game changer. And I want to talk to you about praying the word of God. Praying the word of God, knowing that you're praying in alignment with his will is praying God's word. God only operates in the boundaries of his word. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you're wondering, is it God's will for me to leave my husband and, and go hook up with this amazing other Christian man, let me tell you that's not God's will because his God's will is that you would stay in your marriage covenant according to his word. So God operates in the boundary lines of his word. And so, you know, I feel like a lot of times the enemy can keep us from praying prayer of faith because we don't know if, if it's God's will what we're praying. We're like, well, does God really want that for me or doesn't he? Does he really want me to be healed or uh, has he brought this sickness on me to teach me a lesson? Does he really want me to be able to pay off my my loans and, and be a blessing to other people? Or is that just being selfish and greedy? If you want to pray from a position of faith, make your request in faith. Let me tell you this. What does James say? It says, if you're a double-minded man, you'll be tossed to and fro and you should expect to receive nothing from the Lord. If you're always going back and forth on if it's God's will, you have no foundation to stand upon. But when you get in God's word and you pray God's word, you know it is a safe foundation from which you can pray and stand and believe God in confidence, un, unhindered by any bit of doubt or unbelief that that's his will, that that's what he wants to do in the situation. And if that's what he wants and that's what you're believing God for, you better believe he's going to answer your prayer. So number two is making your request 
in faith to ask God, say, you know what? I'm believing. I'm believing for big things from you. I know it's your will for me to be healed. According to your Bible, the Bible says that that you took the stripes that we should walk in wholeness and healing in Isaiah. So you get out your Bible, you, you mark down different areas and you put that in your Bible, the different scripture verses that you want to pray out. Maybe you're new to the Bible and you're like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Google it. Google it. Say scriptures on healing, scriptures on salvation, scriptures on financial blessing, scriptures uh, uh, on all of these things against fear, walking in peace, safety for my children. You get in the Bible, you record the scriptures, you keep it where you pray. And as you start to pray, I thank you, Lord, that my children will serve you all the days of their life. I thank you that it, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I thank you that they'll walk in safety and protection according to Psalm 91. You know, uh, there might be sickness and disease on, on both sides, of uh, on either side of them, but it will not touch them or our dwelling place. You, know, you start to declare God's word because God is bound to his word. That, that the Bible actually talks about, you know, in Psalm 133, too, it says this, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. God is bound to his word. When you're bringing that back up before him, you're reminding him of the covenant that you have with him through Jesus Christ. And and so I, I often think about it like this. When I make a promise to my kids, I'm like, yes, we'll go to Target after school and school is over and they come home. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not really feeling like going to Target right now, if you can relate at all. And I'm hoping that they'll forget about it. And the second they say, well, mom, you promised us that we would go to Target after school. When they bring that to my remembrance, I feel bound to that as, as their mom. That If I want them to, to know that I am faithful to my word, that I'm not going to disappoint them. If I want to be integral to who I am, I'm going to get in the car and take them to Target. And, and that's how I liken it uh, to us reminding God of his word, reminding him of the covenant. As a child of God, uh, I'm in a covenant with you, Lord. And and so as, as this covenant is, I'm reminding you of uh, the covenant. I, I'll do my end of the covenant. I'm seeking you. I'm getting in your presence. I'm bringing my requests to you. I'm living uh, according to your word, all of those things. And I'm bringing your promises back to you that you're going to do them in my life. And as you pray the word, you're, you're playing from pray, play, praying from a place of faith and confidence that God is a faithful God. It's almost like you're saying, God, you are so faithful and you said this and I am fully convinced that you're going to do it in my life. You're not a man that you should lie. The Bible says you don't change your mind that that if you spoke it, you're going to bring it to pass in my life. And that comes from you knowing the word. It comes from you knowing to what those scripture uh, verses say that, yes, he wants me healed. Yes, he wants me to walk in wholeness. Yes, he wants my whole family saved. Yes, he has plans and purposes and callings and destinies for me and for my whole family. And you pray with confidence saying it's in your word and you're going to bring it to pass. Hebrews 6.13 says this, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself. He swore by himself. He made a promise, a covenant promise to Abraham. And if you go back to our last uh, section of the podcast, that's what that's what Abraham was referring to in Romans four, that if God spoke it, it didn't matter what in the natural was speaking against it. He believed God. And it says that when God made that promise to Abraham, he swore by himself. He swore by himself. And that's the same covenant that we operate in today. God is faithful. He will bring it to pass in your life. But you pray for that position 
not wavering, not just putting up requests like, hey, take care of my kids today. Uh, you know, do this, do that. Be specific. Be specific. Say, Lord, these are my covenant rights. These are my covenant promises. And I thank you that as I'm making these requests, that you are faithful to answer them. So so pray. Make your request in faith. Pray the word of God. Pray in the spirit. And we're going to have a whole section uh a whole section talking like this it's about this it's a bonus episode of the podcast so if you want to go back uh next week and look for the episode on praying in the spirit there's not a time that i go to the lord in prayer that i don't actually pray in the spirit uh there's all sorts of benefits of it i'm not going to get into it right now but but some real briefly some of the benefits are it gives you the mind of christ uh you're speaking the mysteries of god uh just it edifies you it encourages you all of those things so taking time uh, in your prayer time there to pray in the spirit if you don't have uh, the baptism of the holy spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues in that bonus episode you're going to have a, a chance to pray and receive the baptism of the holy spirit because i believe it is just so empowering that no Christian should live and walk through life without it. It's empowerment. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian if you don't have it. But what I'm saying is it's supernatural empowerment in the spirit, especially through prayer. So you're going to have that bonus episode as well. So pray in the spirit, pray the word of God. Number three is thanksgiving. So after you praise and worship, uh, pray in the spirit, make your requests known to God, pray the word of God, pray them in faith from a position of faith. Then we go into a time of thanksgiving that we're thanking the Lord for everything that he did. And thanksgiving is a huge expression of faith. Uh, we talked about this uh, on one of the previous podcasts about, you know, walking away from your prayer time, still feeling heavy laden, still feeling burdened and bogged down. Well, thanksgiving actually uh, is a safeguard to make sure that you're actually leaving those requests with the Lord, that you're not walking out of your prayer closet, still carrying the heaviness of that which you've ask him uh, in through prayer uh, to take care of. So, you know, whether it's a child that's not serving the Lord or whether it's uh, your marriage, your financial situation, uh, something that has to do with your destiny or your ministry, you're not walking away carrying that burden. You're saying, I've given it to the Lord. And now as an expression of faith that I know that he's going to do it, I'm going to slap some thanksgiving on. And, you know, I think about when I go to a restaurant and I receive a service from a waiter or a waitress, I give them the tip at the end of the, the the meal because they've I'm thanking them for taking care of me if I would tip them as soon as I came in they would be like what in the world like they really have faith in me that I'm going to do a good job serving them well that's what your expression of thanksgiving is like to the Lord you're thanking him in advance because you are so sure that he is going to come through for you that you can begin to thank him like it's already happened what do I mean by that I mean take your list of requests that you have before the Lord and just thank him for it like it already happened. I thank you that my marriage is the best that it's ever been. I thank you that my children are serving the Lord. I thank you that you are a God of abundance and we have more than enough. I thank you that we have overflow and you just start to thank him. It's an expression of thanksgiving. You know, Philippians 4 talks about that. It says when prayer, supplication and thanksgiving, make your request be known to God. And it says, then the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You walk away from your prayer time then in a place of peace you don't walk away with that burden still with you You've released it to the Lord you've thanked him in faith that it's done and you can go out full of faith just like it's already happened full of joy and full of peace 
Point number four is praise. After I've uh, given him thanks again, I end up with some praise again. Thank you. You are so good. Thank you for all of these things that you have done. I praise you because you are the most high. And then you can go into to point number five, which is then to listen and to write. You know, prayer is a two-way conversation. It's just not us like having like diarrhea of the mouth and just uh, spewing everything that we want to say and then walking away. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Holy Spirit will speak to you through God's word. You'll hear the voice of the Lord uh, in your spirit. And so really taking time at the end of your of your prayer time to say, God, I'm going to sit and I'm going to meditate. Maybe Maybe you only have five minutes, but you're saying, you know what, I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen for what you have to say to me today. I'm expecting to hear back from you. And as you sit in the quietness of your prayer time, you can, you know, anything that he's speaking to you can take your journal and you can write it out and you can uh, keep that as a memorial that God spoke that to me. And he spoke that to me in that time of prayer. And I'm going to hold on to that. And then after that prayer is answered, you can go back to your journal and you can give him even more thanks for that answered prayer. So uh, those are just really, quickly covering uh, the topic of prayer this morning as we dive into our three-week series, Pray Fast, Give. Look for that bonus episode on praying in the Spirit. But I pray that you were blessed today. I pray that you grow in your prayer life. You know, as we're doing this 21 days of prayer and fasting, do something above average. Do something extra. You know, if you pray, if you pray and read your Bible for 20 minutes, up it to 30. If you spend, uh, you know, uh, 10 minutes in in prayer and Bible reading up to 20, whatever you're doing currently, add something extra to it and implement some of these principles out of Matthew 6. Go through and read the Lord's Prayer. It all comes out of the instruction that Jesus gives us, uh, the structure of how to pray. So we're making a request in faith. Get your Bible, get your uh, pen and paper out and write down scriptures that go along with that which you're believing for. Be specific in prayer. Say, these are the areas that I'm believing you for specifically. Declare God's word over them. Thank God for them. Uh, give him praise again and then listen for him to speak to you and write down what he's saying to you. So I pray you're blessed today. I'm praying for you during these 21 days and I'm believing for great breakthrough in your life. So thanks for joining us for the Mrs. Rev podcast. If you're joining us on YouTube, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining us for the Mrs. Rev podcast. Once again, do us a favor and subscribe, but also leave a review and a rating. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. So after you subscribe, request to join our closed Facebook group and feel free to leave your questions there. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev podcast.